Well, hello everybody. Welcome to episode 258. That's 258. It's the ENS Wolves podcast in association with Kettle and Toaster Man. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. As always, as ever, the little cherub, the little sweetheart in my life, Wolves reporter, Mr. Liam Keane. Come in, baby. That is the most delightful oh. introduction I've ever had. Oh, you know. You know I love you, don't you? We have, <laughs> wow. We, we, you know I love you. You know I love you very much. We have a, you know, we've lived together now for probably seen you more than I have my wife in the last three to four weeks, and I can quite easily say that you're easy to live with. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, luckily you're Rosie. clean, you're kind, <laughs> you 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 wash after yourself. You know, you're you're very giving. Um, you um, you know. Little bit, little bit of banter in the bedroom. Your top drawer. I, I can't knock it, mate. You, 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 everything about you, <laughs> everything about you is one hundred percent better than my wife. I feel like there's something that you want out of this. Uh, um, I'm not used to being this this polite and kind to me. Well, Lana's left. The, she's she's gone to the gym, so it's fine. So I can say whatever I want. She's not listening in. It's all good. It's all good. No, no, nothing, mate. I don't always need something in return. I'm just praising you for for the for the job that you that, that you do. Oh well, you are very kind. You're very kind. It's been a, it's been a delight uh, working with you as well, my my good friend. Um, are, I don't like. You know what? I don't like this. Let's start being nasty to each other again. Uh, it's much, much little, better. You little douchebag. Um, <laughs> how's it going? It's too hot. It's too hot, mate. Honestly, you're telling like, me. Oh, it's absolutely brutal. Forget bloody Benidorm and, and Portugal. I'm 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 not feeling great. It's too, and of course you've got to turn the fan off when you're doing this these podcasts etc. So there's not a lot of. Uh, breeze coming in through the window I don't like it yeah I mean you're blessed with uh, you know aircon as well well not in this study room I ha- I'm not but oh, uh, well, the, there you the other go. areas yes so I'm yeah I'm, I'm sweating hell right now sat in uh, sat in my front room I'm afraid yeah it's um, there's no I don't think you get aircon in Warwick it's a nice it's a nice area but you know I, I'm, I live in the rough end so um <laughs> So, yeah, I used to get the jiu-jitsu out on the on the streets. How long did how long did it take? Was that about three minutes? Uh, two twenty-six. Yeah, two twenty-six. For me to mention it, that's, that might be a record. It's not bad at all. To uh, there, mate. I can't lie. I did intentionally think I've got to try and get into conversation somehow early on, but um, it did. It didn't. It didn't flow seamlessly. It was pretty obvious. I'm thinking it's it's weird to be honest. Back for such a long time, like I feel like we've only been back in the country for like two or three days at a time. So having like a whole week. Back, it's, yeah, it's just over a week now, isn't it? It feels like I'm I'm getting a little bit more grounded, but we, I was thinking really in July we haven't really been home, have we? No, it's been a it's been a crazy whirlwind, as they say. But it's uh, it, it it goes really quick when you're there, and there's long hours, and it's don't get me wrong, it's great, it's brilliant. But then because you're back and forth so much, and then you come back within a couple of days, the season starts, which came round ridiculously quickly. Then obviously the uh, the Sunday was very busy with all the Guedes and Cody stuff. That that cray, sort of bled, that bled into Monday as well, and that was such a busy start to the week. And then mm. um, I, I, I've been uh, sort of dipping in and helping uh, colleagues with other bits as well. We've got some illness in the camp, so I've been yeah, it's been very very busy. Tell you what I've learned in this week. Don't don't tweet a celebratory picture of yourself in the press box. Uh, at Leeds <laughs> and then get turned over rolled over 2-1 and Leeds United uh, fan fan forums uh, obviously I find find that out at about 9 o'clock at night on on the Saturday night not not a good look you Are give you, it you've got to be able to take it I actually I hadn't thought of that because every time I see that picture 
it, it's just your face because it is I'm absolutely, so excited. I was it excited. What's got the first goal of the season? I've never. I mean, you, I don't think you. And this is meant to be a compliment, but it's probably not going to sound like one. I don't think you particularly have a, a big head <laughs> or a particularly big. <laughs> well, mouth. some people would say, but. <laughs> <laughs> but then that picture, you look like a moon. You look, <laughs> you look absolutely mental. Um, so that's There's what a lot of was... people saying. Oh, you've done me dirty there, Judah. I, I, I just take the picture and I roll with it. That's you what know, I was laughing at. It first. is what it is. I didn't think about obviously Leeds fans coming back to that. So I haven't actually looked at it. Have you had a bit of uh, a bit of stick? It's not been great. It's not. It's, it's not been great. I've, I've had. I've had. A, I've had a few. Um, let's just say abuse of the week could could quite rapidly return, and I've probably got enough to to last us the season. But it's all in good jest. I, I, I don't mind. Do you know why? Because Wolves are finishing above Leeds, and you're not very good still. So it's all it's all it's all fine. Shall we talk about it? Shall we move on? Shall we talk some yeah, football? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Right, uh, Leeds two, Wolves one. It all started so well, Liam. Well, not great for me. I turned up a hand shower. I wasn't feeling great after the night before. Zalana's birthday party, and um, I might have uh, had a, a couple of uh, a couple a couple of tequilas too many. So um, I turned up in my pink Snoopy top. Um, unshaven, unwashed, and it wasn't the greatest start to the season. But I was I was buoyed because the first 15-20 minutes was lovely, despite Jean Moutinho not being available, despite no Raul, despite the, the new look system. I thought it all worked well and rosy and Pedent scored with one nil up. Things are things are looking good. What happened, Liam? Well, um Ellen Road happened. Mm. Uh, I think that's a massive part of it because I don't want to sound too disrespectful to Leeds, but I think we both said this on the the video as well after the game that they're not a particularly great side. They're um, not very good. I I don't think they're necessarily bad, but I don't think they're they're not outstanding. Certainly, I mean they're they're very average. Um, I think Wolves genuinely uh, starting eleven wise and squad wise when they have you know players back from injury and hopefully you know some additions to that they are much better. Genuinely much better. But um, I felt that. Following the goal, Wolves didn't really capitalise in those maybe five, ten minutes that they had uh, a decent spell in. And then from then, once the Ellen Road crowd gets going, once Leeds get a little bit of sustained possession, once they start to find space out on the flanks, which they did all of the above, as soon as they start to do that, they create this momentum and this pressure that is really difficult to withstand. And unfortunately, Wolves wilted a little bit under it, to be honest. Um, now, they weren't... You know, the team and Bruno as a whole weren't helped by some massive individual errors. Um, Ryan Aitnori, who, you know, it's sod's law that we were singing his praises uh, no, in no. pre-season. Uh, and, and to be fair, I, I, you know, one bad game doesn't make him a bad player. He's still, I know, I'm a big fan of his. But he, to be honest with you, he had a stinker <laughs> against Leeds. He really did. Um, and he was at fault for both goals. And the first one, I don't know what he's doing, trying to, to, to dribble out of his own area there. He then, you know, momentarily wins the ball back, and Neves is a little bit unlucky that his clearance is deflected into the path of Rodrigo. And then there's another individual error when Jose Sarr allows it to go through him, basically, um, which is, again is very unlike him. So individual errors played a massive part in it. But once, you know, Wolves don't take advantage of the lead, wilt under the Ellen Road pressure, then have a massive period in the second half where they're in control but don't really create any clear-cut chances bar a couple of heading opportunities one that Dendonka should probably score to be honest um, and then they can see a, a second and then don't really create much after that as well all of that is a recipe to lose a game unfortunately and um, and on the balance of of the, the play in the game I think Leeds probably deserve the three points to be honest because Wolves didn't 
create enough or take advantage of the, the good moments they had. Yeah, it was frustrating. You mentioned, I thought both fullbacks didn't have the best of games, to be no, honest. No, I agree, um, yeah. Um, look, Ryan Nori, I, I, I agree, being the pick of the bunch for me in pre-season. However, he's going to have to eradicate that pretty quickly. This is not a Ryan Nori of you know the, the first six or seven or eight games where we see the youngster where he's going to have a good game or a bad game. You know, you've got to become more consistent if you're going to be a top player in the Premier League. And yes, it is only one game. But, you know, Reinhardt Nuri will also know that Nelson is coming back pretty soon. He's going to come straight into that right wing-back slot when fit, which means that there's going to be one place between Johnny and, and Ryan. And look at this moment in time. You've got to say that Johnny is probably the one who's going to be starting there. I know he could find himself on the bench very, very quickly. So this is the chance now, if you are going to be a part of this new attacking for the back um, policy, that you've got to be able to... It's fine going forward, but you've got to be able to defend as well and, 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 and very much... A mistake in a back five when you're left wing back and, and, and you know a, a back three, you can kind of get away with it. When you're a back four, there's a lot less chance to um, um, you know mess up and it be and it be saved. You know what I mean? It's gonna if you make a mistake at left back instead of left wing back, then you're in trouble. You're gonna create a big chance there. Um, so he's got a lot to learn. Um, look, Jose Sarr didn't have a good game and he's got to be, when we talk about big players leaving and Connor Cody leaving the club, you know, Jose Sarr's now got to be one of these big players now where he cannot have games like that. He can't get beaten on that near post. He can't nearly be caught out in that dribble that nearly went in horrifically. There's got to be more from that. But it wasn't just that. That wasn't just why they got beaten. Um, like I said, that Donker chance of the, you know, Right on the stroke of half time. He's killed. I mean, we've yeah, seen Dendonka yeah. again and again and again, you know, where he's got to score, he must score, and he's got to start scoring these goals. This is the same Dendonka for the last two seasons. It's on repeat. You go 2 1 up, and then it's game on again. You know, you've got, you go into half time, you can, re, you can regroup, and you, you know, you've got something to, to, you know, to defend there, and it didn't happen. And then, of course, for me, the big one and the most, I guess, frustrating thing um, was you know, 60, 70, 80 minutes and you're looking at the bench and we've all talked about, you know, Chem Campbell came on for what, the last five minutes of the game, I guess nine if you had had injury, but with everyone else using this substitute rule, this new substitute rule to their to their um, advantage, I mean, I think I tweeted, uh, this was after the game on, on Saturday, every single team used at least three substitutes with the majority using four and five and Bruno just couldn't do it. He couldn't do it because he had that you know, situation where he couldn't not trust these players. I'm sure he could trust the players, but at the same time, he knew that the, the players that are on the pitch were probably more likely to score a goal than the ones that are on the bench. And that's not a position. It's not Bruno's fault, but it's not a position that Wolves need to be in. They need recruitments. They need, and with players coming back, they will look stronger. But that's probably the weakest bench I would have thought we would see all season at Wolves. Yeah, you'd hope to think so. And it's also a running theme, isn't it? Because I think you look back to certainly last season and probably you know a good few seasons that the the Wolves bench in the early part of August, early part of the season has always been a bit uh, a bit weaker. You know, Chem, Hugo Bueno, I think Marquez back end of uh, oh, sorry early part of last season I think as well. All these kind of players all getting spaces on the bench because Wolves have either got injury issues or mm-hmm. they're still working on transfers that they're going to use the whole of August to bring players in for. So uh, it's not something we're unused to, to, for them to have a slightly weakened bench in uh, in August. But that by far is the, the weakest bench we've seen in a long time, isn't it? I, I think I said this on the, the video again. If you take Cody and Bolly out, and it's just the remaining seven of those players, uh, between those seven there was five Premier League appearances, 
four of them were for Luke Condor, one of them was for Chem Campbell. Of course, he then got a second in that game. But, I mean, five Premier League appearances before kickoff between seven players. Because um, I think a lot of people forget that Mosquera hasn't played Premier League football yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's. Uh, it, 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 frankly, it's not good enough. You feel a little bit sorry for Bruno. Uh, of course, you do. Um, and it's also, you know, context is important. Yes, they haven't brought enough players in, but then they've got Matinho, Semedo, Raul, and Traore, and then also <laughs> Totti Gomez as well. I know he's not quite as senior as those four, but five players there that would all come in and would make that bench, uh, or four certainly very important senior players that would make not just the bench, but probably the starting eleven. So, uh, you know. Wolves have been unlucky in that regard, but you need to give Bruno some more tools to play with, I think, as well, because it's very difficult for him to impact that game late on, and he needed someone to do it, and there was no one there to, to offer that. Gibbs White, Pedence, Neto, Huang, how do you think the, the front four played? Of course, Huang was the the surprise inclusion, so to speak. I don't think anyone predicted him to be starting. We expected him to to be on the bench with that front three, being the front three up top, but the Jean Moutinho injury kind of forced Bruno's hand and actually I thought he did quite well but how do you think that those those front four worked on the on the day yeah you mentioned Huang so I'll start with him uh yeah I, I agree I think he did quite well and I think uh most people on on Twitter uh, from what I've seen actually probably agree with that um I thought he ran the channel well I thought he held his own physically quite well uh I thought his header back to Pedence for the goal was was clever uh, and well done a little bit on the stretch as well so I think he did well um, overall, a, a pretty solid performance. The issue for me is that he, he, he tailed off um, and he didn't look particularly fit in that second half. And that isn't really his fault because he has had a, a hip concern that has been sort of keeping him out of pre-season. He got his first appearance in pre-season in Portugal against Sporting off the bench about 65 minutes in. He then started and played um, and played quite a bit against Firenze. But other than that, that was that was his pre-season done. I mean, mm. he... There was a lot of training sessions that uh, during Spain that he wasn't involved in. He was doing his own separate sort of rehab and, uh, and physio work. Uh, so he's had this sort of niggling issue that's been holding him back. And it looked like he might have injured it as well in the first half, but he played on, albeit I don't think he looked massively comfortable either. So those things combined didn't really help uh, him in the second half. And he was he sort of wilted a little bit, but... Overall, I thought he did well, uh, definitely. Um, Pedence obviously got the goal, and I thought he popped up in some nice areas. Um, there was a part in the second half where, he, he again, he, I thought he tailed off and wasn't quite as influential, but overall was one of Wolves' better players. Uh, and then Neto and, and Gibbs-White. Um, I'll sort of lump them together and then sort of give the reasons for both, but I thought both of them were a little bit off the boil, a little bit below par for me, if I'm honest. Um, Neto slightly less so. He had some... Some bursts forward. He had some good moments. That one sort of trick in the second half that was very easy on the eye. Um, he of course put the cross in for Huang to nod back for Pedence for the goal, um, and, and a good movement and, and obviously receiving the pass from Neves for that. I thought that you know he did well there. But overall, he needs to be a little bit more uh, influential and a bit more direct, like I think he used to be. He, he sort of he, he sort of sat off a little bit. Didn't quite run at the defender as much. And then similar with Gibbs White, he, I think there was a big span in the first half where we didn't mention his name. And I think if you're mm. not talking about a player during a game or you haven't mentioned him in your report, whatever it might be, that says a lot because he's not influencing the game and he's not having a massive say in it. So um, I thought he was, pro- if I'm honest, I thought Gibbs White was probably just the uh, least influential of, of all the forwards. 
Um, it wasn't an awful performance. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't. I keep using the word influential because that's the one that springs to mind. It just he didn't grab the game the game by the scruff of the neck and, and make something happen, um, which I, which I think he can do. And he's shown in preseason he's got that in his game. So that was the concern with him and, and Neto really. But um, I think you know they're getting to grips with the system, and I think I've got faith that those two will come good in in this system. I think they'll they'll work well. And also once Morgan has more of a license to roam, I didn't think he had that really against Leeds, which was interesting. That we've seen that a lot in preseason. He didn't really do it. Uh, against Leeds when he when he has that and he can come inside perhaps the Guedes which I know will come on to will give him that as well maybe we'll see the best of him then but um, I think there's more to come for sure um, look it's only one game but it is a, it's a disappointing result because look Wolves should be beating Leeds United or they should be at least not losing that game I would say against Leeds United when you go 1-0 up Um but, you know, it is worrying. I mean, you take last season, you know, they've lost nine out of the last 11 if you take it like that. So this is a worrying trend. Um, it's going to take a while for this new look Wolves. I think there were good elements in that game as well. I thought there were there were encouraging elements. But, you know, you look ahead to Fulham on Saturday and you think if you don't win against Fulham or let's say worst case scenario, you get beat, then you're going away to Spurs. You know, all of a sudden this this good run of the first six games... Um, you know, and you've got no no points from three, and I know that happened last season. They turned it around, but that that starts to become a little bit worrying. And then you've got three decent games to turn it around before you play Man City and Liverpool back to back. So it's um, it's an important game on Saturday for me, and um, I think that Bruno was probably hurting at full time because I think he he you know this pre match post match press conference he, he thought they did enough to to win the game, let alone draw it. You don't want to you don't want to slip up again on Saturday, do you? Yeah, I don't want to put sort of too much pressure on it and say that it, you know it's an absolutely must-win huge game, but it does have a bit more importance than perhaps you know people outside of, of following Wolves would think. Um, for the reasons you mentioned, really, in that they've lost the first game, of course. They've got Spurs coming up, which I know they won at Spurs last year, but for me they're a different beast this year. I think they look really good. I think Conte is a genuine world-class manager, so it's... Um, it's a you know you've got to take that one almost as a free hit, which is unusual to say about Spurs to be honest, um, because I think I think they look very good. So you need to I think you need to get on the board. You need to register a point minimum um, against Fulham. I think there'll be a lot of Wolves fans who say, look, we have to win this game. Um, I don't think it's going to define Wolves this season if they don't win it, but I think you have to. I would say register you know get off, get register a point, get off the mark, and and show a bit more going forward than I thought they did in spells against Leeds because um, you can dominate possession all you want for half an hour like they did in the second half but if you don't create anything and the other team scores it, it counts for nothing so um, yeah I don't want to put too much pressure on it because it is only the second game of the season there's plenty plenty more games to come and plenty more points to play for but um, and I think Wolves will be fine I, I, you know, I'll, I'll stick by that but you know against a newly promoted side you want to see them you want to see them do well. And, you know, the first thing you want to do is you want to see Ruben Neves go into a tackle, fly into a tackle legally and not get sent off against Jao Palina and win the ball straight away. That's what you want to see. April the 28th, 2022. Can you remember what happened on that day, Liam? April 28th? No. It was during a podcast and we were discussing transfers and we were discussing the likely people to leave Wolves and the shock... Uh, transfer if we could predict one to leave Wolverhampton Wanderers this season and we both said don't I've teed you up here come on 
I'm pretty sure we both said Cody. We do say Cody. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, sometimes uh, we get things right, guys. Come well, on. We did sometimes, sometimes. Um, look, Connor Cody, of course, everyone knows by now, uh, gone to Everton, season-long loan with an obligation obligation to buy, no recall clause. Uh, it's, it's, an op- it's an option, don't not obligation. Oh, sorry, op- option, sorry, option to buy, <laughs> no recall clause on that. Um, I've, come on, Jim, I've, I've had enough people telling me on Twitter... Come on, Liam, it's definitely an obligation. I meant, I meant option. Shock, yeah, shock option, horror, yeah. I was right again. <laughs> and it was an um, option. It's, um, look, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a shocker. I think, I think it's a bit of a shocker because of the, the pace that this moved very, very quickly. Um, of course, a new substitute on, on Saturday was on the bench. We both said, Liam, I think he just looked, I'm not going to say he checked out, but he just looked, like a blank gaze walking to the bench. And you can understand that he's hurting. Um, he's obviously known this was coming for a while during pre-season. He's spoken about it. He's spoken about you know his excitement at the new venture um, at Everton. Of course, this has rekindled his World Cup hopes. He is still a Wolves player. Let's be honest, he's still a Wolves player. But we've got to, you've got to think very, very unlikely at this point. It's almost a formality that, that, that Everton will probably buy him at the end unless something crazy happens. So... So what's your take on it? What's your take on on him being on the bench, on him not, you know, do you think he was he was pushed? Do you think this was a mutual thing? And um, and maybe his comments as well today earlier on. What's your, uh, the floor is yours, my friend. <laughs> Thank you kindly. Um, yeah, I think his comments today, I think that's probably, I'll come to that first because it's very interesting. I think it gives people a bit of an insight into, into really, you know, what has gone on. Um, I think it became very clear to Connor early on and probably it was clearer to him than it was to anyone from the outside early on that um, he was in danger of not starting and losing his place. I think that, that became pretty clear to us probably with the Besiktas friendly uh, when, when Collins and um, and Kilman started together in a four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then the, confirmed from, in Lisbon as well I would have thought. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Confirmed there pretty much. Um, so I, I think it was obviously you know clear to him earlier on that he was going to be in danger and that you know he obviously wants to play football so what what's come down to is that you know he at the end of the day wants to play football and he also wants to get into the world's cup squad uh, they're two separate points but sort of within the same idea that he wants to play um he's 29 he wants to be playing regularly and he and he wasn't at least in the start of the season going to get that with wolves so that was one part of it, and and he was certainly a, a you know a massive part of instigating the move. Equally, Wolves um, were you know, were fairly open with him, and and they have now have an opportunity to to move forward and past the Cody era, and that's not diminishing what he's done because I've done a comment piece to say that for me he's a Wolves legend, and he goes down as one of the you know the best Wolves captains ever. I genuinely believe that. Absolutely, and I think I think a lot of people you know if they think about it will, will agree with that for sure. Um, an absolute Wolves legend, and there's nothing, nothing takes away from what he's done for the club, and and and, and equally what the club's done for him, you know, in, in maximising his, his talent and, and his career as well. Um, so it's not that there's been a, you know, a bitter end or break. It's that you know they really, it was almost mutually beneficial in the end because Wolves are able to to move on from what has been a very unique player and person in Cody, and he's been able to go somewhere he's going to play. Um, equally, he's moving back to his home city. Um, he's going to be, you know, a 10-minute drive to the training ground from his family home. 
he's not going to be having to commute to Wolverhampton or staying over in Wolverhampton and he's going to be with his family and his kids more often. He, one of his lads plays for the Everton Academy. Uh, in terms of family life as well, which I, a lot of people don't think about, but you have to because you know, they are human beings as well. It's a massive draw for him to go back to Liverpool. Uh, the city, of course, <laughs> not not the club. Um, so... You see, yeah, it, it, all those combined really resulted in in um, in, it, in it happening so quickly. I think some fans will probably be a little bit frustrated that it's happened as quickly as it did because maybe they'd have maybe they wanted him to maybe I don't know fight for his place or stay around for for depth or whatever it might be. But I think what Wolves... do you think he should have done? Um, I mean, you know, okay, I understand he's been a great servant, but also Wolves have paid him handsomely over the years. He's had you know a new deal not too long ago. Um, do you feel, I mean, Bruno said that he, he wants to be able to not just play a back four, but yep, play, go point. to a back five as well. You know, and like, unless Bruno has said that, but really he's absolutely been told, no, we are definitely playing a back four unless it gets absolutely desperate. Um, you know, he's talked about playing both systems. So if you're if you're Connor Cody or if you're Wolves, don't you want, you know, I would have thought that if, if Wolves do play a back, let's say they played a back three on, on Saturday, Connor Cody would have been starting that lineup. So So has something changed? Well, it's interesting because um, Bruno has... That's a very important point. Bruno has come out publicly and said, look, I, I want to have, have both systems in my arsenal. I want to have them available to me. If I need to change to a system, you know, uh, to a five, whatever it might be, I've got that option. Um, look, I think it, I think we're, we're in the back four for the long haul now, genuinely. But for a tactical reason, a way at a top six club, will he change to a five? I could see it happening. Collins is probably more likely to move central and, and Bolly comes in, you'd imagine. Um, but if they do do that, they've now lost arguably their best operator in that system. Um, I think that's that's fair to say. And for me, I think he probably has rushed it a little bit. Cody, that is, has probably rushed it a little bit because he's been very quick to jump at the next opportunity to to play. And I know it's it's a short career as a footballer, and the reasons I've just said about playing, and then also the World Cup as well. He wants to play football, obviously. Um, it maybe would have been nice to see him stick stick with Wolves a little bit longer, but then if you look purely at the World Cup option, which I've been told is not the main reason, it's one of reasons, one of many reasons, um, that's coming around in November, and time really isn't on his side, so I can I can understand it. But I think from a from a player who's given so much to Wolves and, and Wolves have given so much to him, it would have been nice to have a maybe a cleaner break in terms of him leaving, perhaps a permanent or an obligation, a cleaner break. But equally, him have an opportunity to maybe say a proper goodbye, something along those lines, which would have meant it dragged on for a week or two longer. Um, that's really, I think, where I stand on it. Um, and and just as well to make a point on the the sort of loan and um, and you know all the stuff about the recall, and everything. Um, so I put this out, I think, yesterday um, that yeah, Wolves can't recall him. Uh, it, it doesn't really make sense for a club that has an option on a player for the parent club to then be able to recall him. Because they've obviously got that option, they can make that they can use that option any time in the next uh, in the next uh, year as well. Uh, any time during the season, they can sort of activate it. So, um, so yeah, there's 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 that issue, and then he can't be recalled. Uh, he also can't play against Wolves as well. I think most people knew that. Um, and uh, and 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 yeah, it was it, yeah. I don't know how how else to phrase it really. It was just that well, um, essentially, it's it's a cleaner break you can have without him leaving permanently. Because the idea is that. As far as I understand it, is that he will uh, make the permanent move to Everton, provided there's no major hiccups, and those could be anything from 
a new manager coming in at Everton who doesn't fancy him or a major injury, anything along those lines. But if he plays fairly regularly and doesn't have a stinker every week, which he is, is unlikely because he's a very good player, um, he will make that permanent move to Everton most likely. Well, you say a new manager or, or you know, he doesn't play very well. I'll put another one across to you. Um, if they get relegated, uh, Everton, then... It's an interesting not... one, yeah. Look, um, I think for Connor Cody, it's a fantastic move. I honestly do. Do I want? Do, did I want him to move? Would I rather have him back at this football club? Absolutely, one hundred percent. There's some big characters that have left that that dressing room. Connor Cody, you know, John Ruddy, R- Romain Stace. The, these are people who are integral to kind of like the, the core. And I understand there's a, there's 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 the necessity to move on and and to have a new era. And Ruben Neves is the new captain, and, and I, I get that. I get that. I, it's the right move for Connor Cody. Is it the right move for Wolverhampton Wanderers Football Club to let one of their, you know, big club captains, important first team squad, okay, maybe not first team team, but first team squad members go at this stage to, let's be honest, a, a bit of a rival? My, my take on it is it's, it's interesting. Either they're going to go to a back four and they're not going to go to a three. If they are going to stick to a four, was Connor Cody the next one in or was it Willy Bolly? Because you could argue that Willy Bolly's better in a back four than Connor Cody. So maybe they, had to look at, maybe they had to look at that. Maybe they thought, well, look, if Max Kilman gets injured on Saturday, Willie Bolly's the one coming in. It's not going to be Connor Cody. So, so maybe, maybe, he's been, maybe, maybe that's happened. I'm not too sure. But an option to buy with no money coming in, for me, is baffling. If you're going if if to keep the likes of Morgan Gibbs White, if you're going to keep on spending money and you want to reinvest that money, for me... It's I, I I don't get it. Get the money if you really want this player. Get them in. Remember, Everton have lost Mina long term injury on Saturday. They've lost Ben Godfrey long term injury on Saturday. Uh, three months. It's the perfect time for Connor Cody. It's the dream because you're walking straight back into that lineup. Ironically, you might end up playing in a back four. I know Mason Holgate came in, so it's probably going to be you know uh, Holgate and you're going to have Cody and Tarkovsky. But they might play might play four at the back anyway. So so it's it's an interesting one. Is it the right deal for Wolverhampton Wanderers? What I would say is if they play a back four, if they're comfortably mid-table at the end of the season, then it's the right deal for Wolves. If they've, if they've scored a load more goals, if Max Kilman and Nathan Collins are fantastic and it all works out great, perfect, fantastic, excellent. You talk about Wolves maybe, um, Everton not taking the option on Conor Cody if a new manager comes in uh, and, and, he, and he sees it differently. What about if Wolves lose the next four games? And let's say Bruno Large is, is, is one who's in jeopardy. And someone else comes in and says, I want Conor Cody in this side. Not going to be available now. It's, an, it's a very interesting move. And look, I think the hierarchy have got most decisions overall in the last five or six years correct. This, for me, is a massive gamble. And I hope it... I, I put this... I think I tweeted it a few days ago. It's a massive gamble. And for me, if it works out, I will be the first one to applaud. If it doesn't work out, and when I say it doesn't work out, I'm going to say this. Let's say Wolves have a really bad season. Let's say they struggle this season. I hope they don't. I don't think they will. But if they struggle this season and they're in and around a relegation battle with eight games to go and Everton are in and around that relegation battle or let's say the mid-table and flying and Wolves, the worst case scenario, the worst case scenario in the world, go down... Or they, or they miss out by one or two points. Everton taking points off them or Everton ahead of them. For me, heads should roll. 
for that deal that they made. Heads should roll, and quite rightly so. And I'll be the first one calling out the management. I'm not going to do it now because I think you've got to give it, you've got to let it settle in. But if that happens, and that is the worst case scenario, I'm not, I'm not for one second saying that's going to happen. But if it does, then this deal is a disaster. That was such a passionate rant. I don't know where to go from from there. You can uh, completely disagree, and some people will I, completely disagree with me. But I think it's a massive gamble. I think if it pays off, fair enough. But if it doesn't, this is the this will be the straw that breaks the camel's mm. back. I, I could very easily uh, disagree purely for potty entertainment's sake, but I, I can't because for me it is a risk. Um, you're letting a, a player go like that. Look, he, he's a very specialist player in the in the in, in the way the position he plays and and how he plays and Wolves are clearly making a, a conscious effort to move away from that style wise. So from purely footballing point of view I understand it. I, in that in that specific context or scenario you've just given and, and they're struggling and they need to, to you know bring someone in who's going to steady the ship again I I, you know, I can't think of anyone better than Connor Cody so I can't argue with that. Um I think what the way Wolves have to move on now from this is they have to have some players step up into into the mould. Look, you're not going to get someone who's going to be able to replace Cody because everyone I've spoken to around the game will say that he's just a unique footballer and that you don't get you don't see many captains like him uh, in the in in the leadership and the and the way he acts and how big a character and how big a voice he is and how big an influence he is. It's very difficult to replicate that, but you have to have players step up now. Uh, we expect Neves to be captain in terms of vice. Bruno will be asked about that, but he has mentioned Kilman and, and Gibbs White as sort of homegrown players as options uh, for that, and they they were both given the the uh, armband briefly in um, in preseason as well. So players now need to step up into into that mould equally. Um, and I spoke to a couple people about this who sort of felt the same way that you can't keep hold of a player purely because they're a big loud voice if they're not going to play if you see what I mean there, ha- there has to be two strings to, to the bow there can't just be yeah he's, he's great in the dressing room but he doesn't he doesn't play football you know he's, he's been on the bench so you know I, I don't think that really gives as much as people would probably buy into it, yes it gives something it doesn't you know it's not totally worthless but you need to have players who are going to offer something to the team and albeit I think he's a very good player and I thought he looked okay in a four um, during pre-season Cody but Purely from a football standpoint, Collins and Kilman would be my two. And Bruno's taken a very brave step. And not only brave in changing formation, but brave in quickly moving Cody out of the team. What he could have done is changed formation and played Cody for the first month, first two months, first three months, and then brought Collins in or Kilman, whoever it was that was left out, and slowly bring them in and slowly edge Cody out. And he didn't. He, he knew what he wanted to do and he made that brave decision. And I can't argue with that, but I have to agree with you on the the deal that if you're going to lose him, you lose him to bring money in straight away in the in the short term. Now, yes, as I've said, it looks likely they're going to get the money long term because he's most likely going to go next summer, provided it all goes well. But you want a guarantee. Um, if he comes back to Wolves next summer and doesn't sign for Everton, it becomes a talking point again, and it's not a clean a clean break from the Cody era, which I think everyone probably needed, to be honest. So, yeah, I, I can't really dis- disagree when it comes to, I suppose, the the financials of it. Yeah, it's an interesting one. We've taken a lot of time um, to talk about it, but I think, you know, when you leave, you, when, you, when you lose your club captain, especially in the 
in the way that it's happened. I think, you know, I'm not going to make any any apologies for that. Um, but look, talk about talk about bombshells. Boom. Okay, one goes one goes out, one comes in, and you can you can pronounce it because I've heard a lot of pronunciation. So I'll, I'll leave you. But um, you know, Wolves have by the way might not have a lot any money coming in from Connor Cody at the moment, but they've smashed out twenty seven and a half million quid, haven't they? To uh, on, on some some lad from Portugal. <laughs> Yes, um, I think I'm going to pronounce it correctly. Goncalo Go Guedes. Oh, is it Guedes? Okay, I heard some Gwedge shouts. So I didn't. I didn't well, like Gwedge well, and Nevsh and all that kind of. I mean, thing. to be honest, to be honest, that that's how I would pronounce it. But I'm also not Portuguese, and I don't speak a word of Portuguese mm. apart from obrigado, which I used a few times. What does that mean, Faro? Means thank you. Oh, okay. Um, what does it? I think it does. Wow. <laughs> no, it does. No, it does. It does. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me because we say Neves, but then apparently it's Neves. So it wouldn't surprise mm. me if it is Gwedge, Gwedge. or something, something silly. Um, <laughs> sorry to the Portuguese people, um, but I'm going to say Guedes. That's how I. That's how it makes sense to me. So um, unless you know, there's a massive PR campaign uh, by Guedes himself to change the pronunciation. I think we'll be all right. Okay. Um, <laughs> yes, they brought him in twenty-seven and a half million from Valencia. Um, yeah, it's it's a really. No, there's uh, no money, Liam. There's no money. Got to sell, <laughs> got to, sell to buy. Yeah, there, there was a there was a, a a question on that we we'll probably will probably come to actually about. Um, I think we were asked about whether a signing would come in uh, a forward signing would come in with big money without someone going out. Um, and I think the person in the in the question said it would. I said I, that I said it wouldn't, but I, I think I said it's more likely not to than to. But we'll you know we'll come on to that one when, when we get there. Um, the player, uh, I think it's a really clever signing. I really do. Look, it's not a small fee at, at all. So there's a, you know, in terms of world football, you wouldn't imagine there's a lot of pressure when he's gone for more money in the past. But in terms of Wolves, it's a, a pretty hefty fee. And, you know, the fans are going to be expecting plenty from him. Um, from what I've seen of him, I like him. Um, I know you spoke to sort of an expert who, who compared him to Grealish and, uh, and Jota. And it sort of gave me Jota vibes watching him as well. Um very good close control, quick, dynamic, can play in different positions, can play anywhere across sort of the front three. In terms of playing as a striker, he's not sort of an out-and-out striker. He can play as a second striker or play in that 10 role. Um, but he can play across all those different positions. And I think he just gives Wolves a bit of quality in depth in the forward areas, which they needed. Um, he's at a great age, uh, at, at 25. He should be coming into, uh, not necessarily as prime, but you know at least arriving towards those kind of years um, and he's got good pedigree you know he came through at Benfica caught the eye of quite a few clubs Manchester United were in for him um, and lost to PSG when he left Benfica um, but he was only there very shortly for about half a season they signed him in the January 2017 went to Valencia on loan for the season and then ended up signing permanently for about 40 million euros um, Wolves is 27 and a half that they've signed him for in euros is around about 32-ish um, so it's a little bit surprising that Valencia have taken a bit of a loss on him um, albeit there's been concerns about consistency with him at times but he scored 11 goals in 36 La Liga games last season you know I think if Wolves can bring in a player of his quality a player who knows the manager with Bruno because he, he worked with him in the Benfica youth system he knows a lot of the Wolves players he can settle in quickly get used to what Bruno wants to do and how he wants to play and add some numbers it, 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 you know, it sounds like a pretty good signing to me, and I think he will do that. I think it's um, a pretty astute signing, to be honest. So, where where does he play then, Liam? Um, you know, 
I mean, I've heard that he can play right the way across the front three. So, being devil's advocate here, I would say that they've they've, they've strengthened a position where they've got Morgan Gibbs White, Daniel Pedence, Pedro Neto, Adama Traore. Can he play an out and out striker? Can he play? Could could you see him playing up front on on Saturday against Fulham if if fit, or maybe on the bench and coming on? Could you see him playing uh, with Raúl? Where where does he where does he fit in here? Because he doesn't seem to be the the central striker that Wolves are looking for, and actually they're quite across that that you know next three in behind the striker. They've actually got four four into three or five into three if you count Huang, and, and then potentially Traore as well. Well, yeah, I was I was that's why I was saying the five. No, oh, I three, can't four, count. Five. I yeah. can't count. It don't matter. Uh, <laughs> yeah, six if you six, I mean six if you count Guedes. Yeah, into the, into that into that kind of like four wide forwards yes. in behind yeah, the striker yeah. range. So. So why did they feel that this was the signing to make? Do you feel it was just the right one? Do you feel that they could? It was too good to turn down. Of course, Mendes, um, as you would expect, is his agent and, um, and and looks like a very astute signing. But from a, a necessity point of view, is he the right person to come in to fill the gaps that are there? I, I think if you're going to compare one to the other and say, look, what was more pressing, you would say a, an out and out striker probably is more pressing. I think that's fair to say. But Wolves, you know, it's, it's the consistent issue of depth they need depth and I think bringing a player like him in is only going to benefit the squad because um, it's a little bit of that sort of free movement that free roaming that we're talking about with the three and behind the striker that or if, or if they play as a front three for example that he can he is comfortable playing these different positions um, from what I've been told and from what I've seen of him um, coming off the left onto his right foot has been uh, perhaps a favoured position that might be fair to say um, but he's more than comfortable on the right more than comfortable playing in behind in a sort of 10 like Pedenza has been doing or even as a second striker which is essentially a 10 but if we're going to be very technical it's a, you know, a slightly adapted version of that and then he's much closer to the to the out and out number 9 but um, he can play across all those positions uh, I think if there's an issue that Huang can't play we could potentially see him play Centrally, but then equally, Pedence has played there. Gibbs White has played there as a false nine, so it's difficult to say who would go there. But what Wolves have got now is they've got the competition in those areas because you saw what the bench was like at Leeds. You know, Gibbs White and Neto were never going to come off in that game, um, and, and now they've got someone who's can come in and play any of those positions and push them, and has got the the right kind of talent to to add numbers to Wolves. Is um, Towards his game, and that's numbers is a massive one. Don't you know? You can't play that down. The, the highest score last season was was six. The season before that was five. You know, Wolves need Wolves need to score goals. Now he's not necessarily going to come in and score fifteen in the Premier League this season. But if he can come in and get a handful and get you know ten assists off the top of my head, I think it's a great start. So um, yeah, they they need. They needed the depth. They needed a player like him who can who can add to it. It wouldn't have been a priority, personally, for me. Uh, but again, it's a player that they've admired for a long time. They've watched him for a long time. They considered a move last summer and didn't go for it. And and now they've gone for it. And I think they've got him at quite a decent price for for how much Valencia paid for it and, and for what the position he's in at the moment. Okay, I'll put it to you then, Liam. That and Raúl Jiménez returns in hopefully you know three four weeks um, and starting ready to go. And I would say that I could see a front line, a front four of Raúl Jiménez, Gonzalo Guedes, Pedro Neto, and Daniel Pedence, which squeezes potentially out Morgan Gibbs White. We talked about him being a bit underwhelming on Saturday. Of course, this could all change. 
But at this moment in time, if you're Morgan Gibbs Wine, you're looking at this signing, are you thinking, bloody hell, um, I'm going to I'm gonna have to start playing because otherwise I could be on this bench. I don't want to be on the bench. I want to be playing every single week. Wolves have spent nearly 50 million quid already without getting any major outlay uh, in return. So it does beg the question, and uh, I put it on the um, as a Twitter poll, 2,000 votes on, on do you think Morgan Gibbs White will be a player um, Wolves player on September the first, of course, with the with the the consistent bids that are coming in from Nottingham Forest. No, fifty six percent. Yes, forty four percent. The majority, the slight majority, think he won't be a player. It's easy to say when you look at sell to buy and the way that Wolves are looking and the Wolves are operating these days that if you're getting thirty, forty million pounds with add-ons for more Gibbs White, that this would potentially make sense. More Gibbs White wants to play football. This is why he's staying at Wolves. Is he going to continue playing football? Is he going to t- continue being a regular starter? Of course, that's on him. But does he want to be the main guy somewhere else? Do Wolves need to balance their books if they're still to sign a striker? Maybe a, maybe another midfielder. It looks like for me that that he he could be the he could be the makeway. But um, I know that that Bruno has talked about him glowingly in pre-season. So where's the latest with Morgan Gibbs White, and where do you see it going? Yeah, so, so you know the current latest is that genuinely everything I've been told, everyone I've spoken to, and that is as of today, spoken to people about it again, is that he is still very likely to stay with Wolves because there's no interest in letting him go. There's no interest in selling him. Uh, Bruno is a massive fan of him. Bruno wants to keep him. He wants to play him regularly. Um, he's made it very clear to Morgan that he wants him to be a key member of the starting eleven, not just the squad, and that he will, you know, provided form provided and context provided, whatever happens in the season, he will you know, be within that starting level or, or in and around it. So um, that's, that's as it stands. There's been no fresh bids as well. Uh, I can confirm as well. I know that the last bid, um, which was last Friday from uh, from, from Nottingham Forest, uh, 25 with 10 add-ons. Those 10 add-ons, I understand, were very uh, unlikely to come through as mm. well. Um, Champions League qualification first year, <laughs> winning the Premier League, uh, well, doing perhaps. doing the quadruple in twenty twenty four. So uh, and, and there's been no fr- and that was obviously rejected. There's been no fresh bid since then, so I can confirm that as well. Um, oh, but come on, Kino, what, what what gets it done? I know all this, <laughs> and I know we're saying he's a Look, player and he wants to be here. How much gets it done? The flat it has to be a guaranteed flat fee, of course, because depending on what the add-ons are. As I say, the, the last bid was very uh, ambitious add-ons, I should say. Um, I think if you get into the 30 plus territory mm-hmm. with uh, a flat fee it, it gives Wolves something very considerable um, to consider uh, there's a nice way of putting it um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a poet um, it's uh, yeah I think that gives them something to work with and that gives them a, a big decision to make particularly after just bringing in a player for 27 and a half as well mm-hmm. um, that gives them a big decision to make um, but as it stands there's been no fresh bids Wolves are not interested in letting him go, they're not, you know, they're not going out there, and which will happen at football clubs uh, right away across all the leagues. They're not going out there and farming him out to clubs and offering him to clubs and, and doing that. They they want to keep him. Um, and Bruno, as I say, is a massive fan. So that's the latest in terms of where he stands and 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 um, and sort of the the deal at the moment. Um, in, in in terms of you know balancing the books, you mentioned um, and I've mentioned this earlier in the podcast with the the one question that someone's uh, put to, which I can which I can sort of answer now. Um, I try. I've spoken so much about the the 
sort of the way that the clubs run and the self-sustaining model. So I won't sort of go too much into that again because I think everyone knows it now. Um, what I was saying in terms of would, would they bring a forward in for a lot of money is, and that it's unlikely is because it, it, at the time it was unlikely. <laughs> it's simply put in that Wolves often don't bring in players for a lot of money without players going out. So purely, you know, opinion based at that time and looking at that and speaking in the podcast, it was very unlikely they were going to bring someone in without mm-hmm. someone going out. Um, you know, I think they now spent around about fifty uh, in, in this transfer window. Yeah, are they going to bring anyone else in for twenty five, thirty plus? Now I can say now, very unlikely. But surely, uh, they've got to sell. If this is to sell to buy, surely well, exactly. they've got to buy so, so wait, so and Ruben stands, Neves isn't going. Hopefully, I mean that that's 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 a huge bonus on on top of all this is that yeah, never exactly. has all gone quiet so yeah it looks like yeah look, look, yeah definitely which is which is a great news that if he if he does stay it looks at the moment it's it's gone very quiet on that front and it has been all summer to be honest so and look so if you if you've got good. to sell one um, no offense no well, offense um, more Gibbs white on Ruben Neves I'm I'm selling more Gibbs white well of course you are yeah of course you are I mean that's a no brainer but um it, essentially, yeah, they have this, you know, this this self sustaining model, and they, they generate their own money, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They're not going to have an, a net a net spend of 150, 200, or even 100. You know, they're not going to have a net spend that's huge. Um, but equally, for the for the right deal, and this is they and they look at it. I think I've mentioned this before. They look at it very sort of individually when it comes to signings. So they haven't signed Guedes with the idea of we're selling Gibbs White. But again, if the right money comes in for Gibbs White, he could still. Could still go, which has been the whole, you know, the, the, which has been the story of the of the summer the whole time. Which I've said the whole time, they they don't want to let him go, but if the, the money's there, is right, he could. So they have the money to spend to bring in Collins for 20, 20, 20.5 and then bring in Guedes for twenty seven point five. Again, they're not going to bring in a net spend of a hundred plus, but they have the money to bring those two in without anyone going. But then, if the opportunity is there for, for the right money to come in for Gibbs White, then he again he could go. So it, it's a it's a real sort of it's somewhere in the middle of the ground in terms of what people think. They don't necessarily have to, for the money they've spent so far, they don't necessarily have to sell someone, but it's also unlikely that they bring in big signings without someone going out. So it's um, it's it's a watch and see with, with Gibbs White. He's unlikely to go as it stands, but it really remains to be seen how far, how far Forrest are going to push it. And then just finally, in terms of incomings as well, look, mm. nothing might happen, but... As far as I understand it, they're very interested still in bringing a striker in. There's been some talk of a midfielder or centre half, but again, they're not. There's no guarantees there. And one thing I will point out, which I think fans need to be aware of, Wolves have made a lot of good use, pretty much every transfer window, with the loan market. And so far, in these two deals, they haven't used it. I would suspect that the loan market will be used. Uh, between now and the end of August, and and hopefully, you know, the kind of deal you expect the Wolves alone with an option or something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, for hopefully, hopefully a strike or hopefully, you know, a midfielder, which would would be the two positions I would I would definitely target. Any strikers who are definitely not coming in, Liam? <laughs> well, um, yeah, it's 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 well difficult to say definitely not coming in, but I can tell you what is happening as of as of right now. As, as of three twenty four p.m. On a on a on a Wednesday afternoon, oh, that, that's given away. That's, that's given away my, my edit time to get this out and, uh, and live <laughs> to the people who will listen to it um, at eight pm tonight. So um, Strasbourg striker Ludovic uh, Adjorke. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> uh, definitely not. I'm sure. Um, there's been support uh, reports. Sorry, um, <laughs> suggesting over in over in France that 
a 12 million euro bid has been rejected. Um, that you know, Wolves are aware of him, but I've been told categorically there's been no bids uh, at all for him. It's a load of rubbish, is what I've been told. So just to make that one that one clear. Um, very quickly on a midfielder before I come back to the strikers, just, just before I forget, mm-hmm. um, Bubakar Traore uh, from Mets is a player um, that Wolves have got a long-standing interest in. I think this has been covered publicly before, but I might be wrong. Yes, uh, but they've got a long-standing interest in him. They, you know, they like him. They really like him. Yeah, I think he's twenty years old, so he sort of fits the model of what Wolves are after. Um, but as of right now, there's been no bids for him either. Just to make that clear, I know there's been talks um, or sort of reports suggesting that um, there's been bids gone in, but I've been told that's not true either. So just to make that clear, um, and then with uh, the two strikers we spoke about before, uh, Mishi Batshuayi at Chelsea um, and Huang Yuzhou at Bordeaux, uh, two players who were on Wolves' sort of shortlist and two players Wolves have been looking at and have been um, interested in. Um, on Batshuayi first there was quite a few reports on back end of last week that it was virtually all but done you know he was he was mm. about to sign it was he was ready to sign the dotted line and he was going to become a Wolves player so a lot of fans have sort of latched onto that thinking that he's he's ready to he's ready to go um, and, that, and then they're also questioning why it's gone quiet um, I've been told it was never as close as some of the reports suggested um, there were definitely talks and there was de- and there's definitely an interest um, but it was not close to being done um, and he, he you know he remains on that shortlist but there's, there's it's not close so whether he comes or not I'll, uh, I'll try and uh, I'll try and find out more uh, and then sim- and ba- basically the same story with Huang I mean there was again chats of bids but um, talks and interest but nothing concrete and um, again you know they like him but it, you know it, it depends where um, it depends if they, make, if they make sort of the jump to, to go with him so um, look, there's a, I'm sure there's a lot of deals as well that, we, that we're not aware of at the moment because Wolves are, are very private with these things and this, this is our job to try and uh, eke the information out from sources but um, look I'd be very surprised if they don't bring a striker in I really do think they will um, but it, again it has to be the right player and they do take their time so if they get to the end of January and they haven't been able to bring the right player in then it w- again it wouldn't surprise me if they start the season without one <laughs> I did, I did I did say I, I, if I see him I'll speak to him I did see him on a at the old, um, I was going to give away the address then, our address in London Go on. <laughs> on Friday. But um, he was coming down the lift and I was literally going in. So it caught, caught me by surprise that he was even coming down. I'm like, of all the people. Um, but he was getting straight into a taxi. And look, probably doesn't, probably had two conversations in our life in a lift and um, probably doesn't know exactly who I am. But um, but I know who you are, Mishy. Um, he was wearing some very lovely grey, um, fluffy shorts. To be fair, look, look very, look very summery as he got into his cab. So um, maybe if uh, maybe if I see him around the Spurs game, we'll, we'll stay there for three or four days. I might have a, a little chat if uh, if I do see him in the lobby. But um, but no, it's um, it's interesting, mate. It is interesting. I hope they do get another striker, and I hope that you know maybe they're waiting to see if Raúl Jiménez comes back. If Raúl Jiménez comes back, if if these front three or front four scoring goals, if Adama Traoré is back, you can see it, can't you? You can potentially see well. That 16-game season we talk about before the World Cup will actually only be 12 or 11 games left. Do we look at it again in January? It's it's an interesting one, mate. It really is. I think there's plenty of um, plenty of plenty of ways to. Uh, I think there's plenty more movements on that, isn't there? And then be um, like you say, this what what day is it today? August the August the 10th. 10th. So it's 21 days left, isn't there? Three weeks. It's a long, long time, mate. I tell you what is what has been a long, long time. 55 minutes into this podcast and we haven't even gotten to Fulham questions. And before I forget, um, 
7.30 tonight. Make sure you get your, your bids in. There's only a few tickets left for a, a Pedro Neto signed shirt and, um, and a home or away kit, I think, of your choice as well with, um, with, with football prizes. Um, I think there's something, let me check how many tickets are left. Eight tickets left. Uh, make sure £3.95. There's a 10% discount code with, uh, with Wolves Potty. Put Wolves Potty into it. Get yourself on that ticketing list. There's only 60-odd tickets, I think, for this one. So, you know, forget the lottery. Get yourself on there for a bit of memorabilia on your wall. It's an absolute no-brainer. Um, and, of course, I've got to say, uh, a little shout-out, because I was I was looking on this, and I do look at it quite, quite a lot, on the old kettleandtoastman.co.uk, our beautiful sponsors, Liam. Now, Liam, I know, you know you, you're you not the best present giver in the world, are you? I've been told. Um, I mean, I don't know where you possibly could have got that information from, but you're actually not that far away, to be honest. I well, do Ro- Rosie, your better half, did did, um, did, did did tip me the wink when we were DMing last... Oh, I forgot to say we did. Oh, she doesn't know you are, mate. And um, and uh, she was saying that Liam's so bad at presents. Um, well, I've got I've got the perfect I've got the perfect present for her, mate. Perfect present. It's a win-win. Do you know why? Do you know why? I'm waiting. Okay, because <laughs> you can buy a kettle and toaster for her for sixty quid, down you, from one hundred and five, and it's pink. It's pink. So it's for her. And the best thing is, it's a win-win because she you would can give love it. That. You can give it to her, mate. Beautiful chrome pink. It's called the Tower Glitz Blush Pink Kettle and Toaster. I'm looking at it now, Liam. It's unbelievable. And it's a win-win because they're happy with a beautiful product. The kitchen looks fantastic. And they're going to make you... They're going to bring you toast and a cup of coffee in the morning. It's a win-win for <laughs> oh, everyone mate. involved in the Keen household. Uh, you are straight in a thin line here. Uh, very, very thin. <laughs> 3000 watt boil dry protection 360 degrees swivel base boil dry protection automatic switch off feature and a quick release lid you also get including the 1.7 litre glass jug kettle a pink glitz for slice toaster everyone's a winner and um, I'm going to move on very very quickly because I'm going to get a slap I think if people are hearing this uh, but not £60 from 105 what can you say? I can say bargain. That's what bargain, I'm bargain, absolute baby. bargain. Get yourself involved, Ketlin Toaster Man. He's good, isn't he? Top code, mate. He's great. We're going to see him soon, mate. So we'll have to see what bargains you can get. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be sixty quid. You black bargain hunt when you'll be saying it's sixty quid down from one hundred and five. You're going to be offering thirty, aren't you? Be like su- no, mate. It'd be like supermarket sweep. I'm going to be running around there just filling that trolley. Oh, I used to love a bit of supermarket sweep. Can't beat an inflatable <laughs> banana. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. That's what she said, baby. I wish she did. Um, right, okay. Uh, where are we moving on to? Should we take some questions? My good God, I'm so sorry that we've taken so long to get onto questions, but no, we're not gonna we're not gonna, you know, be able to answer all of them, of course, but we'll get through as, as many as you can. Can you do let's have a look, how many are we on now? We're at fifty eight minutes. Can you do can you do fifteen in ten minutes? Can you do less than forty five seconds in answer? Easy. Wow, okay, here we go, here we go. Um, Tom Nevy says assume it's a back four all the way now question mark we have centre-halves comfortable on the ball Collins, Kilman enough centre-halves to play three but not a sweeper reader of the game correct that, that's a that's a fact <laughs> so, so is there a question there well I guess he's assuming <laughs> do, we need, do we need to buy someone um, well I, I just said there there's, there's sort of talks of you know potentially looking at a, a centre-half and, and whether that might be the kind of centre half they're looking at, I, I, you know, I can purely speculate at this point. I'm not 100, percent but um, I think the the way that they play this back four, there's, there's there's different there's different ways to play this this system. Wolves play with a very high line. Um, you have to be 
athletic and you know have, have a bit about you really to to be able to play this and and, and recover and and be physical in the way that the way they wanted the two centre halves to play. So I don't think a sweeper would necessarily suit that. Um, and look, I think that's probably fairly obvious because they probably would have tried to keep Cody, you'd imagine. So yeah. Uh, Brad is 77. Settle the debate I was having with a fellow fan. When Fabio Silva returns next season, he'll have been at the club for three years before 21. Does that qualify him as homegrown? Yeah, when I, when I saw this one earlier, I, I, it did make me think, actually. I was like, actually, that's a that's an interesting one because I really would, <laughs> would never... It's a surprise, an interesting question, is it, did you say? I know, I know. Yeah, I'm, I think there'll be one guy on Twitter who will play bingo with me saying interesting one. Well, yeah, you can <laughs> shove that interesting one right up there. Anyway, oh, oh. Uh, moving moving on. <laughs> Look, you know at this point I don't care. I, I don't it. care. I just say whatever I want. I love it, uh, mate. Um, yeah, I, I, it did make me think and I, had, I went away and, and specifically got the answer for this specific question because I'm such a good bloke like that. Um, so the answer is yes, he will be a homegrown player. He turns 21 next summer, um, and despite he's on, the fact he's on loan this season, he will be he will be classified as a homegrown player because he um, the contract. I think the best way I can describe it is the contract sort of gets suspended, but he still has the right to work in the UK if that makes sense. Um, but regardless of the you know the the red tape nonsense, the the black and white of it is that yes, he will be a homegrown player, which. Um, I suppose is good news. You know, we've also got uh, filling the quota with Fabio Silva, so good stuff. Uh, Jathan Nuda, or, or, or as a regular, a regular one for questions, says, I, "I like this question as well. What kind of tree is best to support the weight of a human being whilst filming a video?" Of course, I don't know if you if you if you missed it, only one, but Guedes uh, who came out to do his um, do his press shoot with uh, with all the fantastic media department, and there was a guy up a tree, it looks like, with a very shaky camera at Compton Park, trying to get you know a very grainy picture of him coming out. So we knew that before, I guess, a day before he got announced, but very funny, and um, you can't knock him for going up that tree. But which one, which tree would it be? I mean, I mean, my word, you know. Can't, and those lengths that people right. get to. And we saw it in the Behind Closed Doors Friendly. that They'll talk themselves into the hotel to try and get a glimpse of, um, you know, the um, the battle in Benidorm. But um, but this was this was next level, wasn't it? I think you, in some ways I've got to respect it a little bit because it is quite, you know, fair play that this person's gone to those, those lengths and it's quite funny. <laughs> but equally, I'm like, you don't got anything better to do in the middle of the day. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, um, what I want to know is, had he just timed that right? Was he was he just happened to be up a tree? How long had he been up the tree for? Well, because... well, I'll, I'll say this: that you can drive past Compton at pretty much any hour of the day, and there'll be at least one or two people hanging around the gate and stuff like that, trying to get autographs and stuff. Particularly mm. when they know the players are going to be training and things like that. So, yeah. it uh, and, I, and I think the because it was uh, Monday, wasn't it the the, the medical and everything. I think it was sort of around sort of afternoon time anyway. So it, people are going to be around there doing, you know, doing what they do and waiting for stuff. So have we got a name for this person who was there? I mean, I guess I've it was got no t- idea. No, I've got if no they're idea. listening or they know, or you know, the person, can you, can you give him our details and let, let's get him on next week. Let, let's, let's find out. Well, maybe not after I've just said, has this person not got anything better to do? Maybe don't no, tell him No, I like that. it. Like, don't tell him that bit. Let's give it a, little, bit, give it a frustration. Well, you can, don't tell him that. <laughs> I want to know what he packed. Did he have a packed lunchbox? What were his sandwiches? How long was he out there? What did he do if he needed to go to the toilet? You know, I, I want all this. When, when he got there, did he, did he get, was it excitement? Was he shaking as he was so excited because he was getting this exclusive? I want to know more. 
you know what? You're, you're a good journalist. You want to know more. That's, that's what we want to know more. Investigative. Uh, Tom Nevy wants to know more. He wants to know, having lost three leaders from the squad, uh, Cody Ruddy Sice, do you think Neves, Collins, Kilman or anyone else can step up? I think, you, yeah, you have to have players step up now. You have to. Um, in terms of, I think Neves obviously is going to be captain. Kilman's going to, probably going to be in and around it, possibly. Um, both of them are sort of not the loudest of characters. Well, they're not. But no, 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 definitely. I mean, Kilman in particular is quite sort of softly spoken. But I think Lee, by example, is is a massive part. Neves is obviously garners massive respect from the from the squad, and he's very sort of focused and serious, and and that will you know provide leadership of its own in a certain way. Anyway, so but there has to be some sort of you know if you know a gaggle of players that step up now. I think for me, you have to. Take the the ball by the horns and 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 just be a loud player in that dressing room. Which Wolves are gonna gonna have to fill that gap. I think. Yeah. Um. I think you know Gibbs White is certainly not a a quiet lad. I know he's quite young, but he could attempt. And I know Bruno's spoken about him in that. So there's there's options. There's options. Um. Maybe a, a Matinho or Raul, very experienced players can try and step. Again, they're not the you know the particularly loudest of people, but. You don't have to be necessarily loud to be a leader. So I think, yeah, I think Wolves have got, you know, people and players that are there that can do it, but they just need them to to step up in Cody's absence. Mm. Um, whilst we all know that Bruno hasn't been back to the transfer windows in the way he'd have liked, we still can't ignore the poor run of results since April. How long will Foson slash Board accept poor results before considering managerial options? It's a, yeah, that's a, a challenging one to answer purely because it's very sort of ifs and buts look I can speculate and say hope well that perhaps they'll give Bruno a bit of time if he loses to Fulham loses to Spurs I don't think he goes after three games but I, I think and they lost the first three games last season of course but I think if you then continue to struggle beyond that it, it you know it's it's a ruthless business football and, and people act quickly I don't think it'll be ridiculously quickly, but I, you know, I think if it has to be, if it has to be before the new year, then they'll then they'll do it. I think I don't think it'll get to that. I think Bruno's a very good manager. I think hopefully he'll have a couple more options come the end of August, and uh, and it, and it will all work out fine. But um, yeah, you know, if they need to pull the trigger, that they won't be afraid to do it. I think because that's just the way that football clubs are run. Andy Willis, if Foson truly believe in investment, then surely Matthias Nunes would fit that bill as a medium-term investment with a view of moving on to a top-four club. Um, I've seen a few things with a, with, a, with a Premier League club bid in for Nunes. However, he's holding out for Liverpool. Liverpool look to be uh, looking to sign a midfielder and that he wants to go to Liverpool and that he's waiting to see if they come in. I mean, my good God, if they got Nunes, Liam, if they got Nunes... And I, and I said, how, how how's the window gone so far? And I think very good, 4%. OK, was just the majority, 52, I think, with about 40, 40% saying poor. Um, let me have a look exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm just making this up as I go along. Let me have a look. <laughs> Uh, um, not letting me to make things up. Not like you, Here we yeah. go. Uh, wait a minute. Let me have a look exactly. Okay. okay. Um, how do you rate this summer transfer business so far? Very good, 2%. OK, 46%. Poor, 43%. Terrible, 9%. If they sign Nunes, Liam, even if they, I mean, they'd have to let Gibbs White go there, I'm sure, you know, or someone would have to go. 
But if they sign Nunes, first of all, that goes from very good, okay, poor, terrible to very good slash excellent for me from a window on that one more player. And second of all, if they sign Nunes, I would quite gladly, in fact, I will go to the Hogshead on a match day after the game and buy every single person around. Blimey. I'd be so excited. I'd be so excited. Yeah, so... I mean, as it stands, it's it's very very unlikely they're going to sign Nunes. Uh, of course, they like him, and you know, he's, he's they're they're aware of him. But you know, it's it's very unlikely to happen. The issue with the question there is that it's been phrased as a medium. What, what, what how do you phrase it again? So like a medium outlay or whatever. whatever yes. you know, in terms of in terms of the cash spent, um, and unfortunately, that's not true because for Wolves, it wouldn't be medium. We're talking forty five fifty million pounds um and for wolves that's not a middle of the road outlay that's a spent that that's a losing a a big player and then paying a bit more on top of that to bring in by by and large your record signing so it's not a it's not a small bit of money for wolves to bring that player in i know in terms of modern football and you see you know clubs like man city splashing 100 million on players but you know wolves aren't in that position so it's for them it's not it's not a medium outlay um, so that's the issue with the, with the question, really, because it's not that. It's not the way it's been described there. So, albeit, yes, he'd be an excellent signing, it, it looks very unlikely. Very, very unlikely. So, um, yeah, unless some big changes with players going out, I wouldn't I wouldn't hold your breath. Ashley Cole says, you can pick one Wolves player from before the Fosun era to improve the current squad. Who are you picking? Oh, that is... I, you know what? I, I wish I'd prepared for this question, because now I can't... <laughs> Good question. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, I'm gonna. Um, uh, I'm gonna throw it in. I'm not sure. In, uh, the thing is, it's, I, I don't think you actually can name anyone who's necessarily going to improve it, because I think it's pretty, f- probably fair to say that the kind of talent and players that Wolves have got now, and the kind of players they attract now, talent-wise, are probably better than Wolves have probably ever had. I mean, because football back in the 50s, if we're going to go back that far, was very different. Um, you, can, you can go as far back to 80s and 90s with Steve Ball, and yeah, obviously an amazing player, but it, you know, football moves on, so I don't know necessarily if it's, you know, if it, if it correlates really, if you, know, if, if you get what I mean. So it's difficult to say an improved player, but a player I would say that I would like to see play in the system that Bruno's got, and him sort of in his heyday with Wolves, would be Bakary Sacco. I'd love to see him play in this in this Bruno Large team. I think he would. I think he would. I, I think he would do really well. I think. I think. Yeah. I think he would. He would. He's so direct, quick, great delivery, eye for a goal. I think he would suit Bruno's system really nicely. I'll take the easy option and say bully, bully, bully. Uh, <laughs> the Wolf Pack. Last three, very quickly, Kino. Uh, what position is Guedes likely to take in the squad? Do, do they want him to play more centrally and does that mean an exit for Gibbs-White? Uh, so, I mean, we kind of discussed about the Gibbs-White. So, where do you see him playing as his, as, as the, his best position? Um, I think we've pretty much answered that as well, to be honest. I think, he, you know, he can play a, a, across all of them. He probably, probably more the wing. Um, I would I would hedge my bets. But again, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, Huang isn't ready to start a game and they maybe move someone centrally or even move him centrally and play um and play that system. So it's difficult to say really without seeing without seeing more of him and speaking to sort of people around the, the club I think. ABC guy, do we have an update on Raul's injury recovery? Uh not as it stands. I mean yeah, I mean what we know is that it's gonna be sort of earliest back end of August and that is, you know, if if it's probably 
well, if it all goes swimmingly, which is not necessarily the way it always works. So, um, yeah, at the moment we're we're waiting to waiting to hear. Uh, I, I can say on Tomato and Troyori that they're. It's been described to me as relatively close. Now it's going to be too early for this weekend against Fulham, but uh, it's not to say it definitely will be available for Spurs. But there's a, a sort of quiet hope that they they might get themselves ready in time. So I'll keep a sort of tabs on that and, and, and keep an eye on it and hope that uh, hope that maybe both of them might uh, get themselves fit. A good friend of yours, Liam, uh, asking a question. A Mars Music Show says, uh, <laughs> "Will Will Guedes end up being our top scorer this season?" Who? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see that question. I, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't see it. Wow. Um, was it? Was he? Was he your first? Was he? You talk about first love. Was he your first block of the season? Uh, it might have been. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. It might have been. Don't have a go at Kino's form on the old bench press. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, especially when you have got no idea what you're talking about. Oh, I love it. Uh, I love it. I love feisty <laughs> Kino. Especially when you're talking absolute nonsense. <laughs> then uh, don't come after me. Uh, maybe, maybe this segment, maybe the, maybe abuse of the week has to go, and it's and it's who got blocked and why this week or something like that. I'll make yeah. it more catchy. But we I have mean, to then block someone in during the week. But I'm sure we can we can come up with a block between us each week uh, so the, very quickly on the question he said he's, Gwena's going to be top scorer or something yeah uh, I don't know maybe moving on um, I, <laughs> I, I, I'll rephrase it from Jathan um, who, who will be Wolves' top scorer this season uh, Nathan Collins <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, brilliant! Yeah. Love that. Love they, that. They, all, they, all, they all weeks for that. They were all not. Yeah, they were all shocked that I said six. I thought that was a very. Oh, don't get me wrong. Very uh, optimistic, but I think I've just got a good feeling about it. Okay, okay. Um, well, I'm glad you do. I, I'm gonna go with Pedro now. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think he's, I think he's had a good uh, season. Um, I, was, I wanted I wanted to mention after we were talking about the you just mentioned the block thing. Uh, mm. Very quickly, a name that I don't know whether this is. A comeback, or it, it's definitely the first time I've seen it. This well, since I've been in the job, to be honest. Yeah. Commenting under an ENS article. Uh-huh. Ollie the cat. Oh, is he back? <laughs> oh, he's back, mate. Oh no! I saw him. I saw him commenting under a story. <laughs> I can't remember what he was. He said. I, what, oh, I, 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 just, abusive. I just saw the name and I was like, oh my god, I know that name from old school. Old school. Judas Spears days, mate. Yeah, so, yeah. Maybe uh, he wants you out now as well, mate. Petition. So um, I don't know if it's a comeback or whether he's been quietly commenting in the background and no one's seen it. But the first time I've seen it and he just pops up the other day, I saw it. Oh, Crazy. Okay. Uh, back. Love it. All right, Ollie, good to have you back. He must be on. He must be on the last last one of your lives. Eight have gone. Uh, Scrivo says Matthew Scrivens. Um, a lot of people asking that. He says, he's, uh, this actually, so we'll finish on this. Is it clear why Cody has gone on an initial loan with an option rather than an immediate transfer or loan without an obli- with an obligation? Sorry. Taking it at face value, it seems like we haven't learned our lesson from Traore debacle. A lot of people are kind of um, comparing the Traore situation to Cody. I know obviously different clubs and leagues and different circumstances, but there is a, a worry there that, that this could end up happening again. Yeah, and, and I actually totally get those worries as well because once you get you get burned with a, a situation like the Troy one, it's you know, fans are going to remember that. So yeah, I, I totally get that definitely. Um, I think uh, it, it is very different, as you just said, for for a lot of the, a lot of the reasons I've said so far on this podcast. In that he's you know he is likely to make to make that move, and 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 if you look at the tone of Cody's sort of uh, social media posts, and for him it's it's very much a 
a good buy. I, I don't know if you remember when Troy left. He never he never did a social media post when he went on loan because there was no real guarantee that he was going to be leaving. Yeah. Um, and of course he's back, and at the moment it looks like he might be staying with Cody. He for him and the way the deal's been set up and and the, the way he posted the video montage exactly the, and, and yeah and the way that the you know the clubs have communicated over this it is really that he is it's going to happen and he's going to go aside from a lot of the reasons we spoke about already so um if i'm honest it's difficult to say as to why they weren't able to get a a, a permanent or, or, an, or an obligation straight away um but you know you can negotiate as much as you want if a club's not willing to to make the deal then they're not willing to make the deal and Wolves ideally put this through quickly because of the you know Cody wanting to go play football and and he obviously as he's said since then in in interviews uh, since the signing's been made public that he was very keen to get it done quickly so so it happened simple as that good stuff mate right uh, Saturday, we're back at Molyneux for the first time this season, uh, including pre-season, of course, because we were we were um, on the old uh, on the old margaritas um, abroad. But um, we are back. We're back at Molyneux. It's Wolves against Fulham. You've mentioned it. You've touched on it, Liam. I do think it's a big game, and I think that Wolves really want to look to win this game. They need to get a win. I think out of these two, they've lost at Leeds. Let's get back on with a win. I, I wouldn't be would not be happy at all with a draw, really. I know that Fulham had a, an excellent result to start the season, and sometimes it's a good time to play the bigger, bigger teams. You know, first game of the season, they've got a few new players. Two-two uh, draw, of course. Alexander Mitrovic, who has perennially scored a glutfuls of goal in the Championship and struggled in the Premier League, while well, two in the first game isn't bad. But they've also got some decent players. Of course, they've got a guy called who had a useful game. Was it called pa- Paulinia? Someone like that, <laughs> I think, apparently as well. Um, they're obviously going to have their tails up. Good game, big game. There will be chances there for Wolves. Uh, how do you see it going? Well, I'll tell you what. If Jao Palinia scores the last-minute oh, winner don't, at Molyneux... Don't! Don't I, you dare I, even put I, it in over there. I've already said this anyway as a joke on here, but if, it, if genuinely if it happens, I might just delete Twitter. Oh. Um, I don't think I can deal with it, mate, if he scores. Uh, <laughs> the pain. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at looking at Fulham and the way they, they set up, um, I, I hope I haven't got this wrong, but I think it was a 4-2-3-1 from what yes, I saw. Yes, it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, looking at their starting lineup as well, it's it's a it's a weird one because it's not really a... I mean, there's, not, there's not massive changes there. You know, they've got Palini there, they've got a couple extra midfielders, they've got... Pereira, Andres Pereira, they brought in um, permanently from United. He was obviously alone in, in Brazil last season. But then they've got Cabano, they've got Reed, Mitrovic. These are players who they had last time they were in the Premier League and, and players they've, had, they've sort of held on to for quite a while. Looking at the bench um, as well for them, you know, like a player like Tom Kearney being left out on the bench. They've got a couple of other signings. And, and Barbie was a player they got from uh, Wolfsburg as a, yeah. a right back who I thought might be playing. He didn't play. Leno in goal they got from. Uh, Arsenal didn't play, um, so it's interesting as to how they might sort of line up. Whether they might stick with sort of, the, I suppose, the tried and tested, the players that got a two-two draw against Liverpool. You'd imagine that might be the way they go, or at least very close to that. Uh, and in terms of formation and system, it seems to, I suppose, suit playing against Wolves or Wolves playing against them, and that it's quite sort of cancel each other out a little bit. Um, or whether they bring some of these sort of new faces in. Uh, again, another one, Shane uh, Duffy, uh, they, they brought in. Obviously, he was on loan at Celtic, wasn't he? And, and with, mm-hmm. with Brighton. So, um, so they've, uh, so yeah, it'd be interesting if they bring sort of these players in or not. Um, but really, you know, it's, it's the talk every time 
Wolves come up against Mitrovic, but you have to talk about the Mitrovic uh, impact. And I was buzzing for him to be on my bench in the in, in the fantasy. Oh, no. uh, in not, the fantasy. In. not coming off the bench. No, he didn't oh, come off the bench. No. no, I was absolutely buzzing. Um, <laughs> it's, but uh, but yeah, it's that that was more of a talking point. Ironically, when Cody was playing, because Correct. he was a kind of he was a kind of player who was going to come up right up onto the shoulder, bully Cody. I think Cody struggled against him once or twice at least. Um, playing against him, so it'll be very interesting as to how Collins and Kilman mm. deal with him. They're two, you know, much bigger, stronger, imposing lads, uh, and how they deal with him. Equally, the way, as I mentioned already on this, the way Wolves defend with their high line in this in this back four, um, and and sort of the they, they the way they run into the space could actually work in their favour to defend against Mitrovic because he wants to get close and rough you up a little bit, to be honest. So. I think that might work in their favour. The thing that concerns me is you look at Mitrovic's first goal against Liverpool, the way he gets above Alexander-Arnold at the far post and just knocks him easily out of the way and, yeah. and heads that into the into the top corner. If ain't Nori or Johnny have a similar performance to Leeds and get caught out and get the wrong side of him, you can see, you can see Mitrovic taking advantage of that. So... You, you you have to the communication across the back four has to be massive, and you have to you have to take into account that you know he is probably going to peel off to a back post, and you need players to to support potentially the more sort of diminutive players like uh, like Johnny and Aitnor, who are not they're not massive, who might get bowled over by him. So it's a it's a real sort of tactical battle that is because he's uh, I really do rate Mitrovic. I think he's a really good player. So you've got to you've got to allow for the danger he's going to pose. While you know trying to get forward and uh, and making your own chances as well, which I think they will, and and hopefully with the you know the home crowd, everyone back for a new season, it will be um, you know it will be a, a positive start to life at Molyneux. Right, starting lineup, Liam. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, you know, we'll hear from Bruno, of course, on Friday anyway. But I'm gonna I'm gonna leave Moutinho out of this of this current situation. So I would say, and you can you can obviously correct me if I'm wrong, that we're gonna see the same the same formation. Um, I think it'll be the same back four. I think it'll be the same midfield, um, and really the only the only difference I think and um, is will we see Pedence, Morgan Gibbs White, Neto, and Huang, or will you take Huang out and does Guedes get his first start from the off? Personally, and I might be wrong, I would say that you will see the start for the same starting lineup against Leeds, and I think Guedes might be on the bench to start, and will come on fairly early in that second half if things aren't going to plan but you might think different well you know it leaves us with a depending on the injury to Huang yes well exactly yeah it leaves us loads of good talking points um, because that's exactly what I was going to say oh yay (laughs) Uh, yeah no no I think I think it'll be unchanged you know injuries providing you know we'll Mm -hmm. hopefully hear more about Moutinho and hopefully hear or or, or if there is an issue with Huang here about him I mean obviously he played 85 minutes against Leeds and it looks like he was fine it's just whether the fitness and lack of preseason allows them to start two games in a row. Really, got to perform, Liam. They've yeah. got to perform. They cannot. They, they cannot have the same. Some of the poorer performances. You can't start off going loss loss against Leeds and Fulham. You can't. You've, you know, Bruno's trusted these players now. He's trusted them. He's, he's, you know, players have left the club. Big players. Now let's see what these guys are made of. Too right. 
you've got to take you've got to harness the way that Leeds harness that crowd at Ellen Road Wolves have got to do the same at Molyneux now uh, against Fulham because you, if you get the Molyneux crowd on side and get them and give them something to cheer about they make a great atmosphere and you've mm-hmm. got to harness that use yes. it to your advantage and you've got to You've got to, you've got to attack them and go for it. When you're at home, absolutely first home game of the season against a newly promoted side, you've got to be on the front foot. You've got to be. This is what Bruno wants, doesn't he? This, this is Bruno's exactly, team now. This yeah. is this is what he wants. Home against a you know a relegated or you know a promoted side, but someone from the lower division who have you know always gone up and then gone straight back down. Home crowd playing you for. It's taken a while to get what he wanted, but he's got it now. So let's see what you can do. Exactly, exactly. I think you've got you've got to go for the jugular and you've got to. That's exactly the way Bruno wants to play, and you've mm. got to, particularly the context of being a first home game, newly promoted side, you've got to be out there and almost have the air of we should be winning this, Correct. and we're going to and we're going to prove people not why arrogance, we be but just exactly. confidence. Exactly, exactly. Not there's a fine line between the two, but exactly that, an air of we should be winning this, and we're going to go yes. out and show the the fans why we should be winning this, and then they go and, and they go and execute exactly that, and that's and if we see that Saturday night. Uh, Social media and Twitter would be a lot more, uh, a lot healthier. Let's oh, put it that please, way. Please, please, please. <laughs> you won't be getting any tweets to the uh, the picture of you. No, uh, but we'll definitely we'll definitely have, we'll definitely have um, a full a full episode of Block of the Week, um, which uh, from next week anyway. If it doesn't, because uh, yeah, it could be interesting. Finally, finally, of course, every single week you can win a home or an away shirt of your choice. Keenan, I'm going to give you it to again. You're pretty close with the one-one draw. It looks good for a while, but. Uh, just missed out on that, so I'm going to give you it again. Um, I'll give you it until Spurs actually, and then if it's if it's over three, I might I might change it. But I'll go first. I'm going to say it's going to be. Um, it's never easy with the Wolves, so I think there'll be a bit of a a bit of a a bite, a little bit of a bite. I'm going to say that they go one nil down early on in this game, but they come roaring back and it finishes Wolves two, Fulham one. Over to you, Kino. Well, I think Wolves are going to score early. Okay. And this time they're going to learn from their mistakes. Okay. And it's going to be a tight game, mm-hmm. and they're going to get a final third of the of the of the ninety. They're going to score a second and win two 0 Two 0 Okay, I'll take two 0 Happy days. That'd be lovely. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? We'll take Clean that. sheet, two goals, three points on the board. Halfway up the table, everyone's a winner. Apart from, Villa, apart, from, apart from Villa, who lose to a Connor Cody, Agent Cody, uh, header last minute. I mean, I, I genuinely would love to see that. I know some <laughs> Wolves fans might be like, oh, I suppose against Villa they would probably like to see it. But no, some, they'd like to see it against Villa, surely. Yeah, I think I think only because it'd be Villa. If he if he just scored against you know any other team, I think they'd be like, oh, why have you let him go? But I think one and a half Villa, million yeah. tweets of Agent Cody. <laughs> Agent, no, by the way, I didn't say the, Agent, the, Agent the, Cody. Yeah, yeah, be careful. The one chap who keeps. Um, very, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying it by the way, but he keeps photoshopping me onto everything. He's oh, definitely, Joey. Gonna, yeah, we know, yeah, Joey. Joey, that's his name. I was trying to remember who it was. He's going to yeah. be photoshopping Cody into into agent. Maybe me and Cody together, a little agent's agent thing going on. I like this. Yeah, come on, Cody. You can I'm disappointed I haven't made any of the photoshops yet in the background. You know, I'm celebrating, but he's, um, yeah, apparently, apparently, I nabbed his, um, his Neto, um, his Neto video the other week, so he wasn't very happy. Ah, oh, he's a he's a good lad. He's he, he is a good lad. He's a good lad. I'm DMing him at the moment. He's a good lad. Right, okay. Um, from me, from Kino. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Saturday. Come and say hello. You know, come come and have a chat. 
someone someone lovely came on the on the on the um, on the train with me on the way back from Birmingham. By the way, it was a packed train and it was brutal. But a lovely guy came on and said he enjoys the podcast. So thank you very much. And there were two or three of you, but one gentleman came across from all the carriages, said how much he enjoys it. So that's great. So if you like it, come across and say hello. If you don't, stay away. Give Kino a cuddle as well. Give him a kiss. He'll love it. From me, from Kino, we'll see you all on Saturday. Take care. Bye bye.